brilliant that's done hello rain hi you're right i'm okay it's good to, it's good to see you it's good to see you um, it's been a while it has been a while like verbally it's been all of what an hour but in terms of like life seeing your face yeah. like this actual been- in real life connection in the same place at the same time physically it's yeah. been a while yeah a very yeah. long time um yeah. but it's it's always a pleasure to to have your company and talk you know what i mean thanks yeah i like um, talking to you <laughs> what i am going to do is a brief little intro um and then we're going to crack straight on into the couple of questions that i have like cool. puzzled out okay boom Ladies and gentlemen and all carbon-based beings considered, welcome to the North Wheezy podcast, a space where we create, cultivate and maintain the art of good conversation. And on today's episode, we have the rambunctious, the ready, the amazing, the always forced rain. Hey, <laughs> hey everyone. Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's how... Rain and I met was at a yoga center mm-hmm. um, when I was deciding to not cause trouble and actually become one with myself in some shape or fashion um, <laughs> and <laughs> and take up regular <laughs> yoga practice. Um, and yeah, Rain was one of the people there who I met and struck up a conversation and the rest, as they say, is, is history. We've just been talking ever since. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's been a couple of years now, I think. I think so. I think so, yeah. I think so. So it's been, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird series of events, just generally yeah. speaking, but also just yeah. like with our kind of, I think you stopped me to ask me a question and then I kind of just gave you a really like dismissive answer. And then ever since then, you've just been probing to get the right answer, kind of <laughs> <laughs> in a weird way. I, I just, I can't remember. All I can remember is, is talking and yeah. And, yeah, we've, and we've just, that's it talking ever since just continually just talking and talking and talking talking. exactly um but one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was whether from your perspective and again this is all just opinion based like you could swear so you want and just just put your opinion forward is whether the the space of of yoga has been capitalized with with money first rather than spiritual context first um, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. And I know you're probably going to tell me a whole host of stuff, but that was that was the question I want to get to. But before we get there, I did want to okay. allow you to talk about yourself briefly so we can give something the the listeners and viewers something to, to know and context as to why we're talking. Okay, so that I'm not just espousing about yoga and I actually have some reason to be speaking the word. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, A brief bio would be I started teaching yoga in 2002. Yep. So I've been around for the guts of the last two decades teaching yoga around the world Mm -hmm. um, and teach several different forms. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I've also managed a yoga studio. I've worked in yoga studios and other capacities as well as a, as a yoga teacher. So I've seen a lot of, I've seen the teacher student dynamic, yeah. whether that's within a yoga studio environment or whether that's in other spaces. Cause mm-hmm. I've, I've taught classes for charities. I've taught classes in 
museums. Um, I've taught yoga in a mosque. Um, yeah. yeah. So I've, you know, so I've experienced it in different, um, different formats, different spaces. Um, and yeah, I think I've, I think I've got a, I think I've got a fairly, fairly rounded and realistic view mm. of mm. yoga, but also the business of yoga. Ah, there we go. And so to segue into the question, um, it depends on whether you're speaking about the business of yoga or yoga itself. The business of yoga. Yeah. So the business of yoga, yes, it's about money. It's because it's business. So, you know, for a business to sustain itself in this modern world, it needs to make money. Um, and that money gets put back into the business to per perpetuate other things. Of course. What I, what I think is the sad thing, and we've seen it because of this, these COVID times, is that um, money has been either the driving force for studios to close. Yeah. Can't, you know, can't pay their rent. Yeah. Um, can't pay the teachers, whatever the reason behind it. Um, yeah. uh, or they've had to diversify financially and how they and how they pay people. Mm -hmm. And so therefore maybe they lose teachers, maybe they lose students, and therefore the money that's coming in is obviously I less. Balance that, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, we live in a modern society which bases its workings on money. You know, we don't we don't live in a barter system yeah. anymore. Yeah. Right. We've, we've um, accelerated beyond that now. I think we're in a space where it's a little bit different. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then and I, and then you know I you know it, I I agree with the question of, you know, teachers should be paid a decent rate of pay and all, and, you know, all those kind of conversations that happened even before this. I mean, yes. I can tell you right now, the pay rate, the hourly pay rate for a yoga class has not increased really? in the 20 years that I've been teaching. Wow. For the, for the most part. Nah, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, and that has been a, that has been a continual conversation, particularly in the last few years in London. I don't know about anywhere else. Same, I don't um, know anywhere else either. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, y you know, yes, we should, yes, money should be um, um, a focal point. Yeah. But we're also in a very unusual um, time in history. Very much so. And in order for, yoga studios to survive yep. for yoga teachers to have work if they are predominantly studio-based teachers which is which is what I would consider myself then we also need to be flexible enough to have a conversation a two-way yep. conversation and go um like one studio I teach at have said the situation is we can't pay you the hourly rate online mm -hmm. We'll pay, but we can pay you a sliding scale online. So the minimum is this. And then if you have this amount of people, it goes up to this. Is it ideal? No. But is it actually having an honest conversation going, well, this is what we can afford. Are you, if you're willing for, if you're willing to go along with that, 
amazing. If you're not, when we reopen, we'll call you back in. And that's the conversation that's been had. So, you know, you know, moving around that then, knowing that the conversation is potentially going to happen, do you think that there is a, hmm, <laughs> I'm trying to find a reasonable way to say this, do you think mm. that businesses should adopt a more holistic approach when it comes down to paying and knowing that it's not the tenure of a student, but sorry, of a, of a teacher, but it should be the, the content that they're creating that is at the forefront to bring the elements of yoga to everyone, knowing that it's a business, but that they're bringing forward the elements first rather than the business side of it first. Because again, if you're selling a product, right, where well, we know businesses do, then it's a case mm. of saying that we are going to package or use these said subjects or, or topics to then put forward and sell them at, at a rate that is just a, a flat rate for the public. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But that we have the teachers, we have the students who are interested, so this is what we're doing. Do you think that should I, be around? I mean, that would be great. The thing, the, the, I think one of the, thing, one of the things that needs to be addressed is the reality that the vast majority of yoga teachers do not understand how to run a yoga studio and the, the finances required to yeah. run a class yeah the average yoga studio in london yeah um you know and i'm i can only base this on the studio that i managed but i'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. confident it's it's similar um yeah. to run a class in a studio in the suburbs of london yeah you would require a minimum of 80 pounds coming into the studio from from the what the students pay yeah to cover your costs so that's your rent your electricity your admin your marketing your teacher sell your teachers pay before the studio would make a profit mm. um you know and then you have most studios will have a different rate of pay depending on the membership um you know and etc so I think it. I, I think really what it comes down to is the communications between teacher and studio. Yeah. Need to be more transparent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can um, second that one as well because it, it's, yeah. it's the, I understand that there is a business that needs to be run and, you know, there is you know, many different moving parts of this. Don't get me wrong. And I'm, I'm fully aware, of, I'm fully aware to some degree of all of those moving parts. I just think it should be, you know, certain studios need to make an active choice, regardless if they're, if they're in, you know, you know, Leicester or if they're in London, that they should make a conscious effort to make sure that they're putting the, the, the content that the business can, can market easier first. Yes. Um, and I do think that, I mean, I, 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 I think it's a, there, there's also the thing of, you know, yoga teachers want to work. Of course we do. We want to be able to teach students. We want to be able to access the clientele that these business, these studios have, because that's yeah. going to be easier than us going, for some of us anyway, going it on our own. Um, but I think that as a teacher, you know, as a business, as a yoga business, I think it's important that you are clear with yes. what it is that you are offering. Yeah, 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 yeah. As a yoga teacher, it is up to you whether that business's model, that business's ethos works with you 
or doesn't. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you don't, if, you know, if you don't want to work at a place that is a gym that runs yoga classes, then don't. Yeah. Well within your rights to, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and it doesn't mean that you're being picky. It just means that you're being practical of, well, I don't really think that that environment's going to suit the way that I teach. So what's you know? the, so knowing that, amongst many others like what have you noticed is like a recurring trait in in teachers as well as practitioners of yoga recently let's say in the past two years knowing that some uh some teachers are in gyms and some teachers are in studios and some teachers are having their own practice in you know in their you know garden shed or whatever like what have you noticed to that aligns with one of those um means um, I think that I, I think one of the things is that because we, I mean, pre-COVID, we were, I think we were so saturated with places that offered yoga. I mean, yoga was the new church. Yoga was the new pub. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can use any, any kind of analogy like that. Yeah. Um, and what that did was I think it diluted the basic rate of pay. Mm. Um, it actually got to a point where the rate of pay was less per hour than it was when I started 20 years ago in some places. That still gives me a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know why oh, abso- it doesn't, absolutely. it doesn't, it doesn't make me happy at all knowing that that's a thing. And I'm like, how, yeah. how could, how could the industry as a whole, knowing that people have capitalized on it by, you know, having sl- sayings like namaste and, and freaking well, you know, I mean, yoga I'm, I'm is sorry, everything and yeah, namaste is culturally inappropriate and it's I, offensive. I, I'm um, fully aware of that. I know, but yeah, and and that, knowing that, and anybody who doesn't say that, I think, is being either ignorant or, um, you know, uh, insensitive. Not, like, well, yes, that's the word. Um, yeah. uh, look, uh, you know, businesses can offer whatever rate of pay they want because there isn't any kind of regulation. Um, and I'm not saying that I think there should be some kind of unionization. I don't know if that would work or not. But what I will say is, as a yoga teacher, you have to value what it is that you offer. If you choose to accept a rate of pay that is less than the average, you are opening up the space to tell people, well, this is of less value than it was. Exactly. So do you think that others should in the, cause I, I know, unfortunately yoga is bracketed into the wellbeing sector. Do you think that those who are in the wellbeing sector who are getting that basic rate should then break free from that mold and then create a new narrative where, you know, it, it fluctuates depending on experience or depending on specialism or depending on, you know, multiple factors like location. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and fun. yeah, and have a conversation, you know, get, speak to the manager and go, you know, I'm I've had more. a look at this. I'm, I'm looking at, at other places and the pay structure is vastly different. And I want to understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. so that I can make an informed decision as to whether I'm happy to continue with this or not, because obviously, you know, I like where I teach, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. you know, um, Money. It comes down, it, yeah, and it comes and it comes down to conversation. I mean, yeah. when you know, when the when the big studios opened in London twenty twenty five years ago, 
the rate of pay, which hasn't changed per hour, um, was then subsidized by a per head rate. Yeah. So you knew that you would get a minimum amount and then yeah. you would get something per person coming through the door. Now, some of those studios okay, then yeah. increase the per person rate depending on how long you had been teaching at the studio. So Ooh. they acknowledged... Favoritism. Loyal- well, I wouldn't say favoritism, but, but they acknowledge loyalty because if, you're, if you stay with the studio for five years, you have built up a community of students that come to that studio. Understand They so. feed money into the business. So therefore, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it, come, it comes back around. But then something happened, um, and I don't know what it was, but then studios started opening and it was just a flat rate. Now, the flat rate was more than what those original studios were offering per hour. Yeah. But on the flip side to it, you could be teaching in one of those studios for, say, £30 for 60 minutes um, and get 30 people in a room, whereas one of the older studios where you would be getting, say, £24 for the flat rate mm-hmm. for, um, for the hour. But then if you got 40 people in that room, you were getting paid more because you also had the per head. Per head, per head system, yeah. Right, yeah. So I think having more than one payment structure makes it more of a challenge. Yeah. Um, to, to then understand... How people can all connect under a, well, you know, under a certain pay bracket, yeah. What's, what's going to be the best way to go? There's yeah. also the thing of, um, and you and you keep you've brought it up several times, is um, your experience. You know, a teacher who's been teaching for 18 years has 18 years worth of experience that a person who has just graduated doesn't have. Um, and you do so get like, diamonds in the rough, though. Bear that in mind. You do get diamonds oh, in the rough. Who, absolutely. Like that, that singular exception or that student who's taught, who's been taught under a certain yeah. specific teacher, you know, just to make an example, yeah. you've got. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, I know of one, I know of one teacher who I gave when she first started teaching, I gave her her first community class yeah. and I went to one of her classes. I was blown away by her ability yeah. and she'd been yeah. teaching for like not even six months. And I was like, fuck, if you're teaching like this now, who the hell are you going to be like in like five in years, years time. 20 years time i know right it's crazy oh my god yeah. i know i know and so yes that does need to be acknowledged yes, um yes yes but yes. i do think that it's it's like i think if you're going to treat it as a business it should be treated like a lot of other businesses where your experience is taken into account you go to a hairdresser's you pay a lesser rate of pay to a junior stylist than to a senior stylist because the senior stylist has more experience Understood. Understood. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. mean that they're a better hairdresser, but it acknowledges that they have spent the time on their craft. Exactly. And it's the same thing with a teacher. Yeah. And I think, and I could be wrong, but I think in the terms of, of teaching and education, yeah. um, the rate of pay that somebody's starting will be less than somebody who's been at that school for five years. Yeah, and yeah. it's that same acknowledgement. So I think that there, sh- there, it would be helpful and it would be good to have that as mm-hmm. well within this, um, within this bracket. But that comes back to there is no 
regulation of the industry. We're kind of in this no man's land. We kind of go under fitness and well-being, but are we really, you know, like... Nah, nah that ain't it, Chief. If you, yeah, like if you want to come, like if you, if you want a, a, a sweaty, come out, like dripping kind of a class, you ain't going to get that from me nine times out of ten, <laughs> right? Yeah. There'll be times where you do, but that's not the reason why you come back to my class. Exactly. There's something deeper that, that it resonates with you that needs to be, you know, spoken about or, or worked out and, and, you know, yeah. connected to. There is something yeah. I want to add in quite quickly because, again, there is, a, there is someone who is very special to me who came up with a great statement that I've been living by whenever I approach yoga and all of the spirituality around it and all of the, the general just information which is yoga is a work in rather than a workout. Uh, Absolutely. So when you see uh, yoga practiced on online, when you see yoga practiced in a gym or when you see yoga practiced with a certain idea, it doesn't bring forward that concept of you're working in, you're strictly working out. So there are many women who I know and many men who I know who only see yoga as, oh, it's just that bendy stuff. You're just here to just, you know, bend into a certain position and, and add in all of the gymnastics and and uh, bodybuilding aspects of, of freaking yoga when I know and you know as well it's much more deeper than that it has a, a complex series of spheres that all cohesively work together to get across the point and context of growing and developing into well something more or something more um, I, yeah. I can't really speak on it because I haven't practiced it long enough and I don't have the the information to turn around and talk of it as a professional but as as an observer of it as someone who's been in the sphere around teachers such as yourself and people who we all both mutually knew it's it's and no it's it's deeper than that it's deeper you, you can you can tell you know when you go like once you've started going to the classes you know a good teacher as opposed to a not so great teacher Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. you also know those teachers where there's just some like you walk out of that class and it feels like something inside has shifted. Ooh. That's a yoga teacher as opposed to just a movement teacher. Oh, there's I some feel amazing gonna... movement teachers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that it's that thing of how do you? Yeah. It, it, it's it's the it's the way you describe it. I don't. I, a very, very dear friend of mine who is a, and I'm putting it in, in, in inverted brackets, yoga teacher yeah, because um, yeah. he teaches at studios. But yeah. he says, I don't teach yoga. I teach embodiment and movement that is yoga based, but I don't teach yoga. And I want people to understand that that's what I do because I don't feel that I can teach yoga. yoga. Uh, see, now I want to segue because like, that's just such mm. a deep, a deep thing that resonates with, with, with me. I'm just like, I personally don't teach yoga yet. I've had many yoga teachers come up to me being like, are you a yoga teacher? Cause of the things that I'm saying. And it's just like, you don't, it's not, it's not that you don't have to teach that of yoga. Yoga is to some degree innately within you. It's just how you manifest it using movement to find you know things like breath and find you know things like centeredness and all these kind of things that you can yeah. 
I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that teaching yoga is easy. I'm just saying it's very complex mm. and it's very, it's very challenging. But with that, there's there's a simplicity within the humanity that makes it easier to get across. So yeah, why is yoga it, isn't you know? Well, it, it's because we we I'm going to be I'm going to be a little bit culturally inappropriate. I think we. I'm culturally like from it all up. the time, all the time. <laughs> Me, I'm just in culturally insensitive, 100%. That's why I say what I want, what I want because I'm like, I don't give a damn. <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it's that thing of we in the West, and I'm talking about... I know, any, don't worry. Color, any of us. I know, I know right? what you're saying. I know what you're saying. What, I know what you're saying. Growing up in capitalist, we like to compartmentalize things. We like to stick things in a box. We like things to be clearly delineated. Yeah. Yoga isn't clearly delineated. Yeah. And it can't be really clearly delineated. I know what you mean. You can be a yogi and have never done a downward fucking dog in your life. That's the truth. Right? That's MF in truth, like straight up and down. Absolutely, right? And you could be like the most phenomenally flexible, bendy person in the world and never, ever even touched yoga. Yeah, yeah. There was a a guy who I once knew, he was a a gymnast, no, dancer, sorry, but he did gymnastics. And he moved from doing dance into yoga. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I've connected with me. This is this resonates with me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be a yoga teacher. My calling in life this is what I do. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's see how long you last in, in a year's time when you're really getting across that narrative of what it is. Um, here we are, what, four years later? He's still teaching, but he's mm-hmm. finding more problems uh, within it, within himself and the yoga, as he's moved from being a receiver of yoga yeah. and all of its different delineations to then being a teacher of yoga and all of its many delineations. Whereas you and many other important people in my life, several yoga teachers have haven't encountered that same challenge, like not at all, not even a little bit. So I'm like, I'm stuck in the corner laughing at him, which I know I shouldn't, but I am. You know, what I mean, yeah. I'm judging. I'm getting my my fishing well, you know, net in the front out there. So you know, I mean, it's. It's that thing of um, like, when I first moved back to London, I swear to God, no matter where I went, right? I would sit, be sitting in a cafe, reading a book, drinking my cup of coffee. Eat love free was on the coffee table, yeah? And you know, and nine times out of 10, <laughs> and nine times out of 10, there'll be somebody near me speaking about how they're about to do a yoga teacher training. They've just done their yoga teacher training or they can't wait to start their yoga teacher training. And I was like, like what yoga, being a yoga teacher is the new fucking celebrity. Like, do you know how hard it is Thank to you. earn enough money to, to, to actually live? That's what I'm saying. Yoga? Most people, most yoga teachers I know, this is not their only job. And those few teachers I know where it is their only job, they've either been lucky enough that their previous job, they were able to, they, they saved quite a bit of money. They maybe they bought their house or whatever. So yeah. they don't have those financial outlays of you know, huge credit card debts or whatever. <laughs> or yeah. they are just lucky enough that they have been that, you know, one out of every thousand yoga teachers that becomes a celebrity yoga teacher nine times out of ten they'll be male eight times out of ten they'll be white 
I mean, I, these, Pause, are, my, these are my numbers. These okay, are okay, numbers. okay, okay. These are not anybody else's. I, this is yeah, just yeah. from observation. Okay, all right, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that, I like that. Right, and and you know, in a, in an in an environment in an industry which is considered by the layperson to be a predominantly female centric life, to a degree, it is not completely. You know, well, to a degree, to a degree, um, it's still the guys who get more accolades than the girls. Yeah. It is easier for a male yoga teacher to get work than it is for a female yoga teacher. Part of that is because there's less of them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that, you know, there should be more male did, teachers because then that encourages more men to come into yoga studios. Did, but on yeah. the flip side to that is the thing of, you know, the yoga studio then has to make the decision. Do I pick the male yoga teacher that nobody knows or the female or do I go for this really well-known female yoga teacher that could bring in her own clientele there we go that I need to be more diverse that oh two points I want to pick up on because you and I always I know you and I always pick up on these things because we're like we're 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 of an ilk and we're of a perception and a persuasion (laughs) that will notice these things read into that what you will so the point is from when I was at um I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call out studios because I'm reckless like that. Um, Life Center, when I was at uh, uh, Tri Yoga, when I was at, uh, what's the other one? There's, there's another one that's in East London that I was at just for a little bit. I can't remember for the life of me. But anyway, when I remember, I'll probably add it in the description, just call them out. There were not that many male yoga teachers and a hell of a ton of female teachers, right? Yeah. But the ones that they said were popular, like you've just picked upon, was those male yoga teachers. Even though the female ones were, their teachers were popular and had high numbers, they always seemed to promote the male ones more. And I was like, that's not right, Chief. That ain't it. You have to Mm -hmm. go for the content of that teacher first and put it out second. Now, I had another well-established yoga teacher, say, well, two yoga teachers say to me, why don't you become a yoga teacher, Ellis? You know, there's not enough males in the industry. And my response was, no, there are enough males in the industry. There's more than enough males in the industry, right? It mm. should be the others who are there right now that should be making a conscious effort to diversify from within. It should be those yeah. teachers who should be doing the effort. It shouldn't be me just because I'm a guy and because I'm of African descent. That's not the one. That's not the one. You should be getting the other teachers who are more qualified, who've been it for 10 plus years, next one said, who are more diverse, who tick yeah. more boxes, who do, yeah. who speak and are the content that we aim to drive for from yoga teachers, that's where it's at. And the controversial we, as that may sound, that's just where I yeah. stand with it. And I, and, I, and I agree with you to a point. I mean, the, 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 the male yoga teachers that I know of in the industry here in London, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not questioning their ability to be a teacher. Oh, same, same, um, same. I'm not Because, you know, like, you know, because they, because let's be honest, if they were shit teachers, they wouldn't have yeah. survived, yeah, right? You can't survive because you would be injuring people and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, fair enough. Um, but a large proportion of them that I know of teach nothing other than the physical. They are not teaching yoga. They're teaching really, really good, interesting, dynamic, movement-based stuff. It ain't yoga. No, it's not. In my opinion. In my opinion. And that same opinion I share with you. I share that same opinion with you, like 150%. I share that with you because, you know, I know movement 
because of my own personal mm. history and things that I've done I know movement very well I don't know it yeah. as well as a you know a 10-year ballerina but I know it enough so that I can survive and know enough that I can you know do a downward dog with the best of them <laughs> yeah. yeah um so I I definitely agree with that opinion like you can teach really good movement but are you really a good yoga teacher where like you mentioned before something in you has shifted where you yeah. can literally perceive the outward world entirely different because you know that your inward space and the universe that lies within you is completely different. Can you, you, really you honestly say that? Yeah, you know you're a good teacher when you have students come up to you and go, uh, you, you've, you've given me enough space that I have now figured out the solution to my problem. Right. I have had people end marriages. I have had people change careers. I have had people um, move to the other side of the world because they finally found within themselves the strength to follow their dreams. Yeah. Because I've given them the space in the class to even consider it. And that's the reason why you're in my top 10 favorite yoga teachers. Yeah. No, um, for real, for real, yeah. for real. There's, I'm going to give out special mentions right now just because I think this is the time for it. Um, there are teachers who have allowed me to, to grow and shown me that, that yoga is more than just, um, you know, bending over and doing something acrobatic and doing in yeah. some salacious pose on Instagram. These, these teachers, I'm going to give them a special mention. Uh, yourself, you're getting one of my special mentions. Ruth, Ruth Boone, she's another exceptional teacher who I know. Uh, Tony Cortez, yeah. she's another exceptional teacher who I know. Uh, Anna Ashby is another exceptional teacher mm -hmm. who I know. Um, mm -hmm. Richard Rosen, he's another exceptional teacher mm -hmm. who I know. Uh, I think Judith Lassiter, she's another exceptional teacher. Oh, who I know. yeah. Oh, see, there we go. Raise the roof now. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Hands up. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a guy. I think it's Louis Valentine. I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, he's another exceptional teacher who I know. Um, yeah. There's another yoga teacher I know called Richard I can't remember his his surname for the life of me it's escaping me it's really bugging me um Wendy Milliard she's another exceptional teacher who I know um Lisa Sanfilippo even though mm -hmm. we don't really talk much the few times I did go to her class yeah so yeah. all of these teachers who I met and there are there are three or four more and I give them all my love and my time um but all of these teachers all of them 100% have then taken that step of me not knowing to then knowing and how I can then mm. translate all of what I once knew into who I will become in terms of the content of yoga and every yeah. single one of these teacher or teachers on a repeated basis including yourself have turned around and told me that it's it's the process it's that it's that within yoga that you should align with and when I become more patient with that process magic's flying you know what I mean it's it's, it's, it's amazing. remembering it's remembering that it's called a it's called a practice oh wisdom practice ba, 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 ba. Right? <laughs> it's not a it's not a yoga perfect it's a yoga practice this is a continual process of learning and evolution yeah right on a cellular level you are completely regenerated every seven years yeah and you're different right? every seven years too yeah that's fact yeah that's a fact your cells change fact your cells fact. change every seven years you're completely completely cellularly new yoga is just another way of you continuing that evolution 
yeah. on other levels, on the other levels, on the spiritual level, on the emotional level, on the energetic level. It is you learning how to, how to surf the waves to find your equilibrium. Oh. And there will be days when you were offended. I need a moment. So I need a moment. That was so deep. That was so deep. Oh, that was so deep. I tried to, I tried my hardest to not just be like. <laughs> that got me. That got me. That really did. And when I clip this, that is going to be the like, it just. You're going to have to send it to me because I, I, I won't remember it. <laughs> not meant, you were one with the universe with that one. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. That was just phenomenal. I think everyone needs to hear that twice, three <laughs> times over because there is so much wisdom in that. Even I had to be like, wait, 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 wait. That caught me off guard. Carry on. There's, a, there's, an, amazing, uh, there's an amazing Apache um, saying. It's restoring yourself to harmony. You want to restore yourself to harmony. That's what it is. That's and the harmony two. shifts. The it shifts every time, right? <sighs> the way, the, the harmony that you were looking for and you needed when you were a teenager is not the harmony that you need when you're in your 30s, yep. et cetera. It yeah. keeps changing. Yeah. So these practices are evolutionary tools that you can use to progress. And the, the point I do to want to flag going. up on, the one I do want to flag up on, is that it, I took it from a, a, a TV show, but it was the wisdom in that has stuck with me ever since. Is that it's always good to remember who you are and keep on going, and keeping elements of who you are to keep going to remember who you're going to be, so yeah. that as you are. Uh, as you look at the past or as you look towards the future and whatever your narrative is as a person, you can then rest assured knowing that who you were at 10, who you were at 20, who you were at 30, who you were at 40, 50, 60, and so on, elements of which have carried on forever, which is why you get people say, oh, you're, you really, you don't look the age you are. You don't, it's because that person has carried on the intention that they were from when they were younger through till now right well you know good genes helps <laughs> oh come on we're not doing that here we're not doing that here that's not the one come on you both know we could easily tick that box with loads of people and who we know when they look at you and they look at me they're like you're really that age really? <laughs> yeah um, i started teaching yoga when i was two <laughs> and here i am now i just grew this last summer this this look here facial hair is what i got <laughs> um, but yeah that's that was that was the point that just really resonated with me and I know that when I go back over this it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna hit me differently it's just it's, it's that, that wisdom it's, it's that it, you know it like I came across Ramdas when I was about 14 and I keep going back to you know probably what would be considered the hippie bible of the day which is his book be here now just those three words be here now be here now yeah you can't evolve if you're not present with where you are at the moment Mm -hmm. i mean if you're continually striving in the future or continually kind of ruminating on the past you can't be here you can't experience here and without that experience of being here that evolution never happens that's why the universe will keep throwing shit at you the same shit more shit the same shit but bigger shit until you actually are here that needs a hot 97 bomb right now because that's <laughs> the truth that's some truth you know what i mean 
And that's yeah. the reason why I always hold you in my top 10. Because that, it's the fact of life. I told this to your face. I'm saying it online for everyone to see for it for forever <laughs> in perpetuity. That that is, it's the truth. It's a universality that I think people need to come to grips with more as they navigate what they want in life or what they need mm. or how they want to embrace elements of themselves that they haven't quite come mm. to terms with. Like I yeah. always make sure I remember my nine-year-old self and do that justice because I know that at nine, I was saying some wisdom that my uncles and aunts were like, you shouldn't be talking like this. I was like, well, maybe I'm saying some shit that you didn't quite like right now. Just deal with it because I'm going to be saying it for the rest of my life. Um, but that's, that's the point I'm saying that you remember and connect the parts of your past and bring it yeah. forward to do it justice yeah. so that you're not repeating the sins of the past so that you're not making the same mistakes yeah. that stumbled you when you were like 18 and stumbling out at nightclub when you shouldn't have been you should have been studying for your exams and well it's that thing of you know we come into the world as you know pure love and pure joy and then we get taught for you know for for wonderful reasons but we get taught to not be ourselves oh mate taught to conform and it's i mean and part of it is because you know parents want to protect us and society wants to protect us and all that but in that teaching we are then taught not to listen to our own inner our own inner guru for want of a better term that own inner wisdom the the quakers call it the 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 small soft voice within yeah the small soft voice within which for them is god it's that part of you that knows intrinsically that this is the right thing for me to do or eh, eh, this is not the right thing for me to do yeah but we question it because society goes oh but this you should do even though we're going eh, it doesn't feel right but society goes no you should do it and then do you know what? As soon as you ignore that inner voice, Things go shit wrong. happens. Facts. Bad shit happens. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And we, we, we get taught to be somebody. And what actually we need to be is nobody. It's this thing that Ram Dass talks about. All right, time out. Time out. <laughs> time out, time out. I don't think people realise how profound that was. I did. It hit me like a lightning I'm not. I, I'm not taking credit for that. That is that is all Ramdas. Okay, Ramdas ain't here no more, but you are. So that's what the message is coming from, all right? So I'm not. I don't want it. Okay, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm being a little kid right now, and I'm sulking, and I'm going in the corner, and I'm like, no, I don't want it. Yeah. Are you going to eat your greens, Ellis? No, no, I'm not. Not doing it. No, no, I don't want those peas. I don't want that broccoli. I don't want that. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want uh, that. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that knocked me for six. That really did. Right, I've got a couple of quick fire questions so we can bring this okay. to close. Um, and I, I'm using that as, as my excuse to be like, yo, that was too profound for me. That was too <laughs> um, I've got some quick fire questions. Right, your top five uh, yoga positions that allow you to breathe better. Top five yoga positions that let you breathe better. Tadasana, Shavasana, Downward facing dog, Ardhamatsyandrasana. I know, challenging. I don't know that last one. What's that last one? Um, revolved side plank. Okay, I'll Google that later. Um, yep. Your top two favorite uh, vegetable or vegan dishes? Uh, <laughs> mac and cheese <laughs> has to be at the top. 
um, particularly from Rooney's. And uh, ooh, I know, right? If only got That's one. Hard. That's hard. Um, probably. Can I have three? Okay, yeah, three. Go. On. Okay, so one one mac is, and cheese. is so mac and cheese for yeah. def, for definite. One would be um, anything rice noodle related. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> particularly things like laxes and things like that. Obviously, because you're would, biased. Well, you know, it's it's home cooking, and then the other one would be, um, you know, this 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 the simplest vegan tali you could get which is just like rice dal sambal um bit of roti you know like just really simple food potato curry you know that kind of really simple food i know fyi i do like the most amazing chickpea curry by the way you're welcome do you know okay. i know what do you mean do i know what do, do mate, you? <laughs> you, even, you ain't even heard the stories yeah you're not you ready haven't for cooked for me so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh oh god that was that was that was that was shocking um on uh other question sorry i'm not gonna get under that fire and land that was a bit too brutal i think we should rate this uh 18 for that level of of abuse i just received Jesus. um your top three uh repeated reads uh that are either spiritually based or yoga based uh be here now ram das um, autobiography of a yogi yep. uh, by Paramahansa Yogananda. And currently, the one that I, the, another one that I keep going back to is Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, mate. I thought you would have said something amazing. Something by Brittany. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. That, but, oh, God. Now you're cliche now, you know that, right? You're so 100%. I know, but it's got some wonderful pearls of wisdom in it. And it's, right. no, the the book, not the yeah, film. I know, the book. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, the film's okay, but yeah, no, the, no, the book. It's You keep going back to it, you you do read more into it. I mean, it's one person's experience. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's honest. Mm, mm, mm. I agree. And I've got the other two, remember? <laughs> you're forgiven don't worry you're forgiven um right i'm gonna bring this to a close because our conversations have a tendency to push into the two hour three hour mark and that is um, true I'd, I'd rather bring this to a nice little bow um because i also want to make sure your time is well spent on this sunday doing things that are absolutely amazing um so rain it's been an absolutely glorious pleasure to talk to you over this time um and where can these people find you and your practice come on well Stay thank you very Promote much yourself. for having me um yes, you can you can find me uh in person you can find me at tri yoga Battersea yoga union station yoga uh yoga rise and frame and if you want to find me online uh you can find me at karma cologne germany you can also subscribe to my page on journey into if you google journey into mm -hmm. you can search me up and uh, subscribe and do practices with me there yes and then of course you can also find me on instagram where i post lots of pictures about food and not <laughs> it's always a pleasure man. i always like seeing that stuff don't worry about it it's always good <laughs> it's good vibes it's good vibes right 
And yeah. Rain, thank you so much for this. And uh, yeah, I will speak to you on the big worldwide web of life and blessings. So you stay amazing. I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, my darling. Mwah. Oh.